Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. Christmas is a holiday celebrated all around the world. A holiday which one can find many myths and legends attached. But there is no story more wonderful or true than that of the birth of Jesus Christ. Join us as we embark on a journey to uncover some of the myths and legends associated with Christmas, as well as discussing the true reason for the season. going to do the entrance later I'll hit the recording on the video okay and you can start us off what's up ladies and gentlemen my name is Eric and I'm Justin and you are listening to a brand new episode of Parachute Radio it is of course the Christmas edition before we get started I would like to just take a moment I think Santa's here. He's going to steal my kitty. (laughs) He just brought her early. He's checking in on her. Oh, is that what it is? (laughs) Uh, Before we really get started here, I would like to take a moment just to say a quick prayer, both for the Christmas season, for everybody traveling this season. And also, you may have noticed, maybe, some of the uh, trouble we had last week uh, in regards to the video feed and our discussion. Many times I got kicked off. It was like two or three times I got kicked off. You probably didn't notice it because we did cut a couple things here and there. There's a nice edit. But I'd like to take the moment just to pray about that and ask for God's uh, sovereign help that he will uh, guide us and lead us today. So if you will, you know, however you pray, whether you're on your knees or close your eyes or just do what I do and just keep your eyes open and look around. That's what. (laughs) Honestly, I'll fall asleep if I close my eyes, so I can't do it. But uh, yeah, so here we go. Lord, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for the time that we're able to uh, just do the radio show together, Justin and I, to speak on behalf of you about the tradition of Christmas that we celebrate. Lord, I'd like to ask you to protect all the people out there who are traveling this season, that you get them from point A to point B safely and back again, uh, that everyone remains uh, safe indoors as we know many places it's going to be a lot of snow and uh, unfortunately around the Christmas season a lot of people uh, end up in very tragic situations I just pray that you're with them and that you guide them Lord I pray that you are with Justin and I as we speak tonight uh, as we speak about the origins of Christmas as we speak about certain holiday traditions 
And of course, as we tell your story about your birth. <clears throat> Finally, Lord, just at this moment, I'd like to ask for, uh, for your help tonight. As last week, you know, we've had a lot of tech issues. I don't know if it's just problems with the tech or if perhaps Satan is messing with, with us a bit here and there because we all know he doesn't want to hear the word and he doesn't want the word to get out. I just pray, Lord, that you protect us, that you keep the show running, and that any demons that happen to come in, that you push them aside, that they stand back and don't interfere uh, with your gospel, Lord. I ask and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> it is Christmas. It is Christmas. It is Christmas. <laughs> this is an exciting time of year. I think almost everybody, not going to say everybody, but almost everybody loves Christmas. I love it. Justin, do you love it? I, I do love it. I, you know, a lot of people get caught up in the commercialism of it. I don't particularly love that, but I like the idea of giving, you know, uh, celebrating that time of year when, I mean, we all know Jesus wasn't born December 25th, but we get to celebrate his birthday on that day. So. <laughs> yeah, right. We do. And you know, and I know there's a lot of people out there who question the celebration of Christmas and the celebration of uh, Jesus in particular on Christmas Day. We know it has pagan origins, December 25th. There is a reason behind that. We're going to talk about that later on in the show. Uh, but we do have a lot to cover today, actually. Quite a bit. You know, one thing in particular that Justin and I love to talk about, and it's been a while. It wasn't, we haven't done, done this particular topic since, I don't know, I think Night Stalkers probably, honestly. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, um, but it's the topic of Santa Claus, good old Saint Nicholas. Uh, who was he? You know, is he real? Is he not? Does he really fly around with little reindeer? Um, and of course, his counterpart, the Anti Claus. We'll get into that shortly. Oh, the Anti Claus. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they were, you know, when they call him the Anti Claus, they're just kind of associating it associating it with the Antichrist because it's the opposite of Santa Claus. So I yeah, I would agree. I would completely agree with that. <clears throat> and then of course a little later tonight we will be talking about the birth of Christ and why it is we truly do worship uh and celebrate him on December fifth, twenty fifth. So with that said, Justin, any announcements, good sir, before we get started? Uh just that Paratruth Radio Network is coming. It's coming, guys. Uh, One week. Yeah, it's coming much faster than expected. (laughs) So, uh, and, uh, you know, we are getting the new website up. Uh, There will be a a Facebook group for it, a Google Plus group for it, a Twitter account. So, you know, everybody will be caught up to date, you know, on those network pages as well as the the pages for each individual show as well. So, And, you know, that will be launching the first week of January, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yep. That's our plan. The first show that will be airing that day, actually, will be Talk Supernatural. All right. Looking forward to that. You guys are going to love them. Uh, Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I actually uh, was uh, 
talking to my good friend Arian, which we've had on the show before, uh, and had asked him to do banners for us because he had done our banners for Paratruth Radio as well. And uh, he said that he actually just got done watching the video from last week and was watching the video, which is just audio uh, from when he was on when we did Werewolves. And uh, he complimented and said, you guys have come a long way. It, it's actually a much better quality sound now than it was back then. So, Arian, do appreciate the, the compliment. And uh, if you guys want to check out Arian, uh, sub- Sublimely Elegant on YouTube. And uh, he does a very comedic type of show for his, his videos. So definitely check that out. Thank you, buddy, for the compliment. Um, I'm sure we'll have him on again sometime in the future. Oh, yeah. I mean, now that we're doing video, we can start doing, like, a, a cross... I don't know what you would call it. Cross-breed or, you know, cross... Crossover. Show. Yeah, crossover. <laughs> <The> crossover. <laughs> That's what we call it in the TV industry. Well... The crossover episodes. You're 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 the uh, you're the TV guy. I, I don't know. That's technical <laughs> terms. <laughs> So, uh, the technical mumbo jumbo. <laughs> so who cares about that? Yeah. So I mean, and you guys, like we told you guys last week, we are adding uh, video to our YouTube uh, shows. So de- definitely check those out as well because mm-hmm. uh, you will see the weird facial expressions of Paratruth Radio. So yeah, like all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Eric's been drinking tonight, so... That is not true. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> you're, that's right. You're an innocent. I forgot. Oh, that's not true either. <laughs> but I am an innocent in the Lord's eyes, and that is all that matters. People don't quite understand that. <laughs> all right. So Nobody's innocent. <laughs> no. No, not at all. Except for children, mm-hmm. and when they finally get to be naughty, it's because of watching their father and mother. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, with that said, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. To everybody. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's start with... Uh, Oh, you want to start with St. Nicholas, or do you want to start with the Antichrist? Well, I've always been told, tell the bad news first before the good news, so let's go with Krampus first. Fair enough. The Krampus. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, the, the Krampus. Yeah, I mean, we all know, you. we've heard about the Krampus, especially recently. There's a movie that just came out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I saw it, if you haven't. Don't waste your money. <laughs> you didn't hear that from me, though. <laughs> um, but the Krampus is actually a very interesting creature. We haven't talked about this for almost seven years, maybe six years, something like that. Uh, it's been a while since we've actually taken the time to buckle down and talk about this particular creature. In depth, because, like I said, yes. last year I think we kind of touched base on it, um, mm-hmm. but not as, as detailed as we did with Night Stalkers, I think. Right. No, I agree. I completely agree. So, the main question is, who is Krampus? Well, I'm going to just give you a quick little description of what he looks like. And basically, Krampus is a half goat, goat, a half goat, half demon beast 
who literally beats people into being nice. Pretty crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, I wish I could do that sometimes. Not beat them into being nice, just beat people. But <laughs> it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah. <laughs> Some people. And you're do, a you know? Christian. Come on, man. We're going to get to that when you talk about St. Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, half goat, half demon creature. Uh, a lot of people think that as the Antichrist, as the Antichlaws, he would be almost human by nature or humanistic. He's not. He's really just a huge beast. Uh, typically, he's bearing horns, dark hair, fangs, and he walks around with uh, carrying chains and bells, which he uses to lash out at people on occasion, and even carries birch sticks with him, which he uses to uh, swat all the naughty children. Thank, I see that look, Justin. Thank goodness. I see that look. Yeah, thank goodness that Scott's not on this show because you said swat. <laughs> swat, 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 swat. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hi, Scott. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so yeah, that's basically what he looks like, what he carries around, and what he does. The one thing that is very interesting is that after he swats or beats these children, he then drags them to the underworld. Some of us call it hell. Some of us call it the underworld. If you're looking at the uh, <clears throat> uh, the Greek mythology aspect of it, but it's very interesting because then it doesn't really go into detail after that. What happens after he drags them to the underworld? We just don't know. Do the kids come back? Do they not? Well, and it, you know, it kind of it's Krampus's linked to Germanic paganism as it says here uh, so like I'm sure back back when Germany was a a uh, Celtic and you know uh, pagan uh, religion they you know that that was their their term for for hell was the underworld or even probably even the afterlife because a lot of uh pre-Christian religions called the afterlife the underworld. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and well, yeah, if you look at a lot of these pictures, you can get an idea of what this creature, like, really looks like from from uh, German mythology. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's... It's interesting because Krampus here in America actually isn't very popular at all, from what I understand. Obviously, it's a little more popular this year based on the movie. Right. But overall, like growing up, I've never heard of the Anti Claus. I never heard of Krampus. You know, only I've only ever known Santa Claus slash Saint Nick, whatever you want to call him. Uh, and I've always heard the good things, which isn't bad for children. It's good to show them that. Um, but this legend or this myth was actually developed to, I guess, get children on the right side of their parents, if you will. Right. You know, because when kids are being naughty, the one thing parents don't want to deal with is naughty children. So they would, and they did end up creating this Krampus, which pretty much, without him ever showing up since he isn't real, uh, got many children on a page where they just did their best to be as good as possible because they didn't want to be dragged to the underworld. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it's really interesting. The, the one thing that's also interesting is that this 
particular creature, the Anti-Claws, oh, has many... Um, I just read something here. I, okay. The Not only does he drag them to the underworld or hell, it says here that uh, he has a sack or a wash tub strapped to his back to cart off evil children for drowning, eating, or transported to hell. So my guess is they don't come back. So yeah, doesn't sound like it. <laughs> so, but yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, the one thing that's interesting is that he does have the the look that he has. You know, the horns and the hair and everything like that is very similar to other demonic creatures in Greek mythology, which includes satyrs and fauns. Which I know, myth Greek uh, Greek mythology. That's something you're really into, Justin. Yep. I studied Greek mythology quite a bit when they were teaching it in schools. Uh, just because, I mean, the fascination with it was just that they had these, this pantheon of gods and, uh, you know, one in particular that was a satire or a, uh, um, maybe he wasn't a satire, but uh, Pan. He was the, mm-hmm. the horned little god, so to speak. <clears throat> well, according to the folklore, Krampus supposedly shows up in towns uh, the night before December 6th, which is very interesting. It's known as Krampus Night. Uh, it has a longer name. I'm not going to pretend to try to pronounce it because I can't. Krampus Nacht. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> so he shows up the night before December 6th, and December 6th itself happens to be St. Nicholas Day or... Do you know this one? The Feast of St. Nicholas? No. It's, it's another uh, German no. word. No, I don't have that <laughs> Nicholas Doug? Something like that? Oh, right? okay. Something like that. <laughs> Forgive me, German folk. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, when these children on December 6th, uh, they would look outside their door to see if the shoot the shoot the shoe or the boot that they placed outside the door had a gift in it or goodies or had a rod for bad behavior what's really interesting is in my childhood i remember once or twice putting a shoe outside my parents would have us put it out there and the next day we would have candy in there inside the shoe i never remembered what holiday that was for i don't know if it's this one i always associated it with like a saint patrick's type thing Oh, don't know why. Actually, that actually reminds me of something uh, a girl I work with told us about uh, Tom the Turkey. Have you ever heard of Tom the Turkey? (laughs) Do I want to hear about Tom the Turkey? (laughs) It kind of links to the shoe thing. Apparently, (laughs) I I don't know where this came from. I don't know if this is from a certain uh, uh, country or whatever, but you put your shoes in front of the, the stove on the day before Thanksgiving... And Tom the turkey before uh, takes off his all of, takes all the stuff out of his pockets, puts it into the shoes before he hops into the oven and cooks himself. <laughs> oh, Tom! Why? <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I, I've I've never heard of that before in my life, uh, and actually, this is the first time I've I've heard the the whole shoe outside of the the house for for the the Krampus thing. Because uh, uh, I don't think that ever came up in, in the research when we did it before. 
it, it's kind of funny that it, it it links to that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, something that's really really interesting is that Krampus for a while was suppressed for many years by the Catholic Church because the Catholic Church forbade uh, its celebrations and based on the faces in World War II Europe found Krampus to be despicable because it was considered a creation of the social democrats very interesting because I know we've talked about Catholicism in the past and not that we have anything against Catholicism I grew up Roman Catholic uh, that's for the whole the whole discussion for another show <laughs> Which, <laughs> but <clears throat> The point is that the Catholic Church tends to run a big majority of the world's affairs. Uh, they have a huge upper hand on a lot of people, uh, both in media, in church, and in politics. It's unfortunate, but it's true. A lot of nations actually would have to go to the the Catholic Church at one time to get permission to wage war, uh, you know, build things, that sort of thing, because the Catholic <laughs> faith was much more powerful than the state at one time. Wow, it's just it's just crazy to think. Yeah, you know, it really is. It's insane how much power they have. But, yeah, so they, they ended up putting a, or trying to suppress Krampus. But after so many years, the world kind of became very bah humbug about everything. Not too happy of people these days. And, of course, Krampus reemerges out of nowhere because no longer do we use uh, love and care to help people out and, you know, teach them things. Instead, we use fear. And so, you know, why teach your kid to be good by being good? You know, (laughs) practice what you preach, so on and so forth. Instead, I'm going to scare my kid to death, and then he'll be good forever. So, very interesting take on things. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'd maybe use it (laughs) if I had to. If I had to. (laughs) But these poor children. These poor children. (laughs) They grow up in a completely kind of reading here too about Krampus uh, apparently he's fueled by alcohol it's customary to offer Krampus schnapps for huh. his his little treat <laughs> well so the beating of children you know not too far he's an alcoholic it's true <laughs> this, well that just is <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That just got real deep real fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yeah, it, you know, I mean, obvi- obviously, and it's kind of weird uh, because the the Catholic Church was trying to uh, suppress the, the Krampus uh, belief, but... They will. They will still acknowledge Satan, the devil, um, you know, demons, all that stuff. But they want to. They want to suppress Krampus because, it, in a way, I get it. You're celebrating a, a demon. It, I mean, it is obviously a, a demon. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can't suppress this, but say, hey, there's Satan and demons, and. Yeah, we're not worshiping them or glorifying them, but at the same time, this was a part of these people's uh, traditions at one time. Mm-hmm. 
So it was kind of interesting to to um, read this and be like, oh, he's fueled by alcohol. It's actually uh, a uh, thing called Krampuslauf. Uh, it is a run of celebrants dressed as the Wiccan beast, often fueled by alcohol. It is customary to o- offer Krampus schnapps. So, I mean, really, it's, it's you're offering people these these alcoholic drinks, but uh, to me, that would stem from you know the the belief of, of Krampus, and you're leaving him this alcoholic drink in hopes that he's not going to punish you. I'm assuming so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, interesting stuff on this Krampus guy. <laughs> I'll say so. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, I, I think we're getting a little bit more in-depth than we did it on Night Stalkers. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, back in uh, on Night Stalkers, I don't think we really had the name Krampus come up very much. It was mostly just, I think we were just the anti-clause. Yeah. yeah, I think we were just yeah. the anti-clause. <clears throat> and at that that time, we probably wouldn't have been able to pronounce it properly anyways, so... <laughs> well, I still can't. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I mean, Krampus has actually come up in uh, a couple of shows that uh, I, I particularly love. Eric knows one of them, Supernatural. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's actually how we kind of got started on, on Krampus, is he yeah. was in Supernatural, and we're like, who the heck is the Anti-Claws? So we started doing some research, and uh, lo and behold, there's actually a real thing behind it. Uh, he Go actually, figure. Yeah. He actually shows up in a show that Shelly and I watch called Grimm. Uh, and okay. he's, the, uh, they, oh, what do they call them? Uh, blah, 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 blah. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but there's these, these humans that turn into these creatures that, uh, the Grimm's who wrote, you know, the, the fairy tales back in the day were actually hunting these creatures. And, and Krampus is one that just, randomly surfaces uh the day you know the season of christmas so it, right. it's kind of weird that it's kind of coming back it's coming into mainstream uh media and uh entertainment again because it's a movie it's been in a couple shows kind of interesting very very much so so all right, folks. I think we're gonna run to our first break here. Uh, when we get back, we'll we'll kind of cover uh, Santa Claus, Saint Nicholas. Uh, you know, kind of the the origins of of Christmas and kind of why we celebrate Christmas. But uh, first, we have Eric's random fact of the day. We will be right back. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. Did you know that blue whales are the largest animals ever known to exist? According to NationalGeographic.com, these ocean rulers can grow up to 100 feet long and weigh upwards of 200 tons. Their tongues alone can weigh as much as an elephant, and their hearts as much as an automobile. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, 
And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, folks. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And this is our Christmas episode. And uh, we just got done talking about Compass, but I do want to play our little clip here for, for our Christmas episode. <laughs> oh, I almost looked like you were milking a cow for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, we just got done talking about uh, Krampus, uh, a demon creature that actually used to travel with Santa Claus. Uh, he would come actually the day after Saint Nick would would uh, come and um, drag little children to hell, I guess, after beating the crap out of them and getting drunk before that. I, I don't know. Uh, so, anyways, we were... Uh, Getting a little bit into depth with of Krampus because we actually have done a little bit more research than uh, the, the past couple times that we've mentioned him. Uh, once on Night Stalkers, once last year on our Christmas episode. So uh, now we're going to get into Santa Claus. Uh, he has actually several names: Santa Claus, Saint Nicholas, Saint Nick, Father Christmas, Kris Kringle, Santee, and Santa. And there's actually plenty more but those are the most common um so uh saint nicholas uh is a saint from catholicism uh he you know because catholics are the only ones that believe in saints uh is he real is he not real eric why don't you fill us in uh well Back in uh, AD 320, well, before I get there, let me just say, <laughs> Nicholas, what, yeah, I was, I was going to start there and I was like, wait a second. Nicholas is actually a bishop, <clears throat> and <clears throat> he was one of those guys who was always uh, very kind to children. He was a little rough around the edges, but when it came to children, he was willing to give them. Like he would see them on the streets, uh, poor, hurting, whatever, and he would just give them food or drink or clothes or whatever they needed. He, was, he just had a heart for children. And, and that's kind of how eventually we, we, we end up with Santa Claus, who goes around and gives children little gifts. Well, this is really cool because this is something I learned about that is kind of, I don't know, it, it, in a sense, it reminds me of... Uh, of Jesus overthrowing the temple, the tables in the temple when he saw everyone selling livestock and gambling and so on and so forth. But uh, back in AD 325, Emperor Constantine convened uh, the Council of, Nic- of Nicaea. <clears throat> is basically more than 300 bishops that showed up there, and they were from all over the Christian world. And Arius, I'm sorry, Arius from Egypt was teaching that Jesus 
the Son was not equal to God the Father. Now, back in that time, and even very much so today, the Holy Trinity is often discussed uh, in, in most people try to disprove the Trinity, unfortunately. We have people who try to prove the Trinity. The Trini- Holy Trinity is one of the hardest things to wrap your head around, where the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all one and are all equally as powerful. Uh, and all together make God, and yet individually are all God. It doesn't make sense. But Arius from Egypt, as I just mentioned, was teaching that Jesus the Son was not as equal to God, the Father. And so Arius forcefully argued his position at length, and all of the bishops sat there and listened very carefully. Well, as time went on, let's just say St. Nicholas got a little agitated. And finally, towards the end of the conversation, the, uh, the, the speech, he couldn't handle it anymore. And Nicholas ends up walking up, because he couldn't believe what he was, or couldn't believe what he was hearing, he walks up to Arius and slaps the guy across the face. Takes the dude straight to the floor. <laughs> Boom. Pops him, knocks him out. Unfortunately, Nicholas had gotten arrested for it. Uh, Constantine stripped him of his robes, uh, put him in chains and locked him up in jail. Well, the story goes, and this is just a story. I don't know if it's true. Don't know if it's not, but apparently Jesus shows up after Nicholas prays. He prays for forgiveness, and he never wavered in his faith whatsoever. And Jesus shows up and says, why are you in jail? And Nicholas tells him, well, I'm in jail because I love you so much. And apparently Jesus gave him a gospel, or a book of the gospels, and gave him his robes. The next morning when the jailer went to see Nicholas, he had his robes on and he had heard the story of what happened and Constantine reinstated him as Bishop of Myra or Myra. So very interesting story. Whether or not Jesus really appeared to him at that night, we don't know. You know, it is a story, but the truth is that he did at one point have to listen to a conversation about someone denying the true Holy Trinity and arguing it. And yeah, St. Nicholas being this kind, loving guy who, who's always been nice to children, gets up a little rough around the edges and pops a dude in the face. I think it's awesome, personally. <laughs> but not everyone would agree in the Christian community. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I mean, it would kind of make sense. I mean, most most people are supposed, or well, I should say most most higher ups in in the churches are supposed to be, you know, uh, all in agreement. I mean, I know that there is separation between the Trinity. Uh, some people believe it, some people don't. Um, mm-hmm. But to some, for a bishop in a in that day and age, who should have been preaching the same thing everybody else was, and you know St. Nicholas stepping up and defending uh Jesus Christ. I mean that that to me is is very awesome because he he was very convicted in his beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's amazing what conviction will do to you sometimes. <laughs> if if you feel that uh that your your savior or your father is being assaulted, I mean you're you're going to to defend him with with honor. 
Even though, I mean, as Eric said, I know everybody's not going to agree with us. That's fine. But I, I truly think that, that that is a very convicted man who was trying to defend defend, defend his beliefs. Uh, so it, it's that's actually very... I've actually never heard that before either. It's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah. So anyway, St. Nicholas is basically the beginning of who we know now as Santa Claus. Santa Claus is a fictional character. For those of you children listening, sorry. <laughs> Guess you shouldn't have been listening. <laughs> Unless you don't know what fiction is, then parents, turn the kids away. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait like five seconds and get kids out of the room. Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> Point blank. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is kind of the beginning of what or who Santa Claus is based off of, you know. And now we have this whole idea. We, when you think about Santa Claus, you think of the powers that he has, the abilities that he has. He really, even though he goes by the name St. Nicholas, he really is, in a way, a representation of Christ, in a way. Right. The I've fact actually that been thinking about this uh, mm-hmm. the entire week before we started doing the show. You know, the whole anti-Claus, Santa Claus thing, and, uh, you know, you always hear people say, uh, you know, Santa isn't real, but the, but the spirit of Santa Claus lives in every everybody and every parent because they're continuing that tradition that St. Nicholas kind of started. Uh, when, I mean, and not that I say that, you know, it, it's right because... You know, as Christians, you're supposed to believe that the the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ is in, in you, not Saint Nicholas. But it's just a saying. <laughs> but well, you know, it, it's just that, one of those things. That in itself takes us into a completely different conversation as well, um, because because we know that the Lord breathed his spirit into each of us we each have in a way a spirit of god but not everybody has the holy spirit only the people who are truly saved and believe in christ uh, have the holy spirit and so the holy the spirit that we are born with is completely different from the holy spirit that we are then given when we come to acknowledge christ as lord and savior and uh, kneel before him if you will but uh but yeah so some of the things that are that just kind of, I guess, are similarities between Santa Claus and that of Christ is the fact that Santa Claus knows everything. He knows all. He sees it all. Throughout the songs that you hear, the stories you you hear that uh, Santa Claus knows if you've been good or you've been bad. He knows if you're awake or if you're sleeping. Uh, There's been stories where he knows what you're thinking. He knows where you you are or where you've been. He he, he just knows all things. And we know uh, through the scriptures that Christ is omniscient. So the Lord is omniscient. And we also know that the Lord, our God, is omnipresent. And there's been strong arguments that Santa Claus doesn't really travel around the world in a single night. Who can obviously really do that? But instead, perhaps he's omnipresent, meaning he can be everywhere at one single time. That gives him plenty of time to drop out the presents and then, you know, head back home. 
and of course there's a couple of issues that go into that the whole idea of the sun being up in one place and it being dark in another and so on and so forth you know obviously right. he only delivers presents at night but even still to be able to move as quickly as he does we see through the scriptures that Jesus can be in one place and another at the same time and he's the only one who can only God can be in one place and another place at the same exact time uh, and not have to move him his entire self uh, when we think of I know there's a lot of debate as to whether Satan is capable of being in two places at once. Is he uh, omnipresent? And the answer is no. If Satan is, let's just say he's here, okay, in my apartment, and he wants to be there in Justin's apartment, he literally physically has to leave my apartment to go to Justin's apartment. He has to. He's not omnipresent. Jesus, on the other hand, he's here in my in my apartment, and he's there in Justin's apartment at the exact same time. He doesn't have to travel from one place to the other. He doesn't have to move his entire, you know, the entirety of himself. He's just there. That's who God is. And so we do see these similarities here and there in the story of Santa Claus. Um, the fact that Santa is magic. Uh, there's <laughs> stories like, I mean, let's put it this way. Santa Claus can come down. <laughs> He's a big guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> but let's just say we'll call him Jolly. Um, <laughs> and he's capable of breaking into people's homes in the most subtle of ways. He either comes down the chimney, which we all know is way too small for any real human being, most of them anyway, uh, and he cuts the fire out at the bottom if it's on. For people who don't have a chimney, he somehow, their story that he shimmies his way through the key lock, you know, and, and like, I don't know, maybe turns into sand or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is, he, he does something that he's able to move uh through doors and windows and so on and so forth without actually ever having to open them, uh, which, again, is very interesting. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I heard music. <laughs> going crazy. <laughs> it's the Christmas spirit. Yeah. Well, it, you know, the tradition of a old, fat jolly guy which you know he's got a red nose he's a drunkard Let, let's get real i mean jolly no i'm kidding uh it's just weird that you know this tradition started uh because truly this guy's breaking into your house and we're led to assume that that's bad except for santa claus this, this is true <laughs> and the easter bunny and the Easter Bunny, yes. Don't forget the Easter Bunny. <laughs> so his Easter eggs he leaves aren't really chocolate, just so you know. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, Saint Nicholas. the The tradition is kind of weird to think about, and you know, like I was saying, you know, I've thought about this: how the the uh, Jesus Christ and uh, Santa Claus are kind of uh, it's kind of the same uh, theology, if you will. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's he's kind of got the same the same abilities. Uh, the right. only thing I don't understand is where the the magic reindeer came in. I don't understand where uh, Frosty the Snowman came in. I get it; it was just a poem, a song, blah blah blah. But it's become more popular than Jesus Christ on Christmas. Uh, <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Santa Claus. Uh, you know, um, 
uh, what was the other one? Oh, uh, Rudolph, which is actually one of the reindeer. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, a poem, a story, I get it, but has become more popular than, than Jesus Christ on Christmas. Um, and, you know, in in that, uh, in uh, Rudolph, the, the abominable snowman, the Yeti, the Bigfoot, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, somehow got wrapped into this Christmas story. Uh, it, I, to me, it just baffles me that, you know, it, yeah, it's all tradition. I get it. It's all stories. I get it. Uh, but, you know, and that's where kind of it probably all started for the commercialism on Christmas as well. Uh, yeah. Oh, commercialism is huge on Christmas. And Probably the most money spent is yeah. around Christmas. Whether it be gifts or television or movies, you name it, most money is spent around the Christmas season. Uh, Halloween is actually second, the, the second most expensive um, holiday in the in the world. <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, you know, I think this whole it's weird because like people aren't willing to give their time to Christ. You know, they're not willing. You talk about Jesus, you know, who's, who is omnipresent, who is omnipotent, who, who is omniscient, doesn't exist, isn't real. Jesus is nothing but a fairy tale. But Santa Claus, that's something we could tell all our children about. You know, this guy flies around on animals. There's nothing more cool than that. And of course it seems real. So, you know, we'll go ahead and present him instead. But it's like, honestly, like, yeah, you could tell you tell the kids about Santa Claus. That's fine. You know, I probably will do it one day as well. We'll see. You know, tell the kids about Santa Claus. You know, let them enjoy that while they can when they're children. But I think one of the biggest the things truth. is yeah is the innocence of children. So they're trying. You're mm-hmm. trying to keep that innocence, which I don't understand. Like you know, you and I have different views on certain topics. You know. Uh, but I still believe in Jesus Christ. I still believe in God. I still believe in angels and demons. Uh, it, it's just on certain topics we separate. Right. And it, it has kind of just baffled my mind getting ready for this show because, yeah, you know, it's a tradition, like I said. Um, and, you know, maybe it's trying to gear them to be ready to understand the Bible, maybe. And that's how the Santa Claus thing is kind of uh, supposed to to start them on that path. I don't know. That's just my speculation, guys. I'm, I'm not really sure. I haven't really done a whole lot of research on that part of it. But I was thinking about it. I'm like, after you started talking about the whole how Santa Claus is kind of like Jesus and God, uh, it, it almost makes you wonder, you know, is Santa Claus supposed to be gearing your children for, you know, the, the bigger, the big, the big puzzle? Uh, I, I, I don't know, but I, I, I think it is, uh, just because I mean, there is that that similarity. I mean, there is a similarity, but in the end, you're never too young to learn about Christ. Simple as that. I think there is a healthy and reasonable way to. Teach your kids about Santa Claus. Let them enjoy that part, but also tell them the truth as well as to who Christ is. And now only, even though Santa Claus, you know, supposedly gives gifts to little children, you know, he gives the whatever toys they want and this and that. Yeah. Jesus gives a gift as well, but it's the only gift 
person that is the gift of eternal life. And without that gift, there's no point in receiving the toys and stuff because you're just going to lose them all anyway. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you can't take them with you. But uh, I, I don't know. I think there is a sweet spot in it where you can let the kids enjoy the season and Santa Claus and the reindeer and all that little fun imaginative stuff. There's nothing wrong with imagination. But I definitely think you need to teach them that Santa isn't you know this god that we should be worshiping and praying to like I did as a kid hoping Santa would hear me uh bring the toys and stuff you know that cuz that's where it's bad that's where it's wrong you don't you're not supposed to pray to anything or anyone other than the lord and uh unfortunately that gets lost you know in the times and days of tradition it's just Christ isn't there anymore he's not a part of christmas like he used to be or should be well, one thing that uh, is on a commercial here in North Dakota, or in Bismarck, I should say, uh, <laughs> is uh, the guy, the one guy. I think he's um, a mattress uh, guy, but he says keeping keeping the Christ in Christmas, or maybe it's a, a car dealer. I can't remember which one, but okay. he, it's he goes keeping Christ in Christmas where he belongs. And, mm-hmm. you know, here in Bismarck, we're in what they you would call the Bible Belt of North Dakota. Um, so, you know, to hear somebody say that because a lot of the United States specifically, because we are the ones that really uh, participate in the commercialism of Christmas, uh, have kind of fallen away from, from why we're really uh, celebrating this day. Right. Absolutely. Well, on that note, I think we're going to take our second break of the night. You are listening to Parachute Radio, and we will and we will be right back after Justin's paranormal headlines. And now, Parachute Radio's paranormal headlines. What's going on, para fans? Justin here with your paranormal headlines. And these headlines are from unexplainedmysteries.com. Terrafugia's cl- flying car is now one step closer. The dream of flying your own car through the clouds has taken another important step towards reality. First unveiled back in 2013, the Terrafugia TFX flying car is the real deal. An actual drivable vehicle that can both travel on conventional roads and take to the skies to reach its destination. Many have doubted that the Massachusetts-based aircraft company's vision of such a machine would ever come to fruition. But now following the achievement of several major milestones, the Federal Aviation Administration, FAA, has granted the team permission to begin test flights. While the actual full-scale car won't be seeing action in the skies over the U.S. for the time being, the company will be conducting tests using a small-scale replica with which they hope to identify and iron out any problems with the vehicle's design. Calling the FAA exemption a major milestone, Terrafugia will be able to fly the device in U.S. airspace at altitudes of up to 121 meters and speeds of up to 160 kilometers per hour. When the car itself is ready to go, however, it will be capable of achieving speeds of 322 kilometers an hour with an operational range of over 500 miles. 
requiring no runway or special landing space, the TFX could revolutionize travel and it is the most promising concept of a flying car we've seen to date. Full moon to occur on Christmas Day this year. Festive revelers will be treated to a full moon this Christmas for the first time in almost four decades. There is an extra special treat in store for Christmas Day this year, a full moon, something that hasn't taken place on December 25th since 1977 and which won't happen again until 2034. There have in fact been only three Christmas full moons in the entire 20th century with the others being in 1901 and 1920. The last time it happened in 1977, Star Wars had only just hit theaters a few months earlier. An interesting coincidence given Episode 7's imminent release. Full moons tend to occur around once per month, but because a typical month is 30.44 days, the timing shifts so that the full moon takes place approximately one day earlier each time around. December's full moon is known as the cold moon, an event also known as the Long Night's Moon by Native American cultures due to the winter solstice bringing about the longest night of the year. Those hoping to catch a glimpse of this year's festive full moon should set their alarm clocks for approximately 6.11 a.m. Eastern Time on Christmas morning. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. I hope you're all having a wonderful evening, as I know we are, as we always do. Absolutely. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's always fun. You know, it doesn't even have to be Christmas to be fun. No. It's just fun in general. <laughs> so, as we were speaking about Santa Claus and Christ and the similarities and the differences and why, as Justin put it, Christ needs to be kept in Christmas, you know. That brings us to one of the final parts we'd like to talk about, and that is why we, or what is the reason for the season? And that is, of course, Jesus Christ. And so I'm just going to go into a little bit of the story here. I'm not going to get too crazy, more of a highlight. But basically, <clears throat> basically, that's a, it's a hard word, <laughs> not the best word to use when right. talking about the birth of Christ. But... <laughs> In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that is the uh, mother of John the Baptist, who was John being the cousin of Jesus Christ, which I know not a lot of people know out there, actually. But yeah, so John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus Christ. And according to uh, the scriptures, in particular the prophecies, John had to be born before Jesus so that he could pave the way for Jesus to come in and bring forth the kingdom of God. And so in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a particular town in Galilee, or is a particular town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married by a man named Joseph, 
who is a descendant of David. This gets very interesting because throughout the scripture, we always hear about the 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 uh, the next child being a seed of the man, uh, and that being like, oh well, David's line is going to continue to progress, so on and so forth, forever, you know, until Christ's birth. And so it's always so and so is the son of 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 King David. Okay. In this particular instance, though, when Jesus is born, Jesus didn't come from the seed of Joseph, which is a descendant of David, but instead comes from the seed of Mary, a woman, for the first time. Why is that? There's a lot of speculation as to why that is, but the idea in this sense is that when uh, a person... Basically, when someone would come from the male side, the male side would would be the bearer of sin, basically. Because Adam sinned, his seed from there on forward always brought forth sin into the next person's life. And so Mary couldn't have possibly allowed sin. Is that the right way to put that? You know what? Just cut that out. <laughs> Just cut all that out. Let's just skip back to this. Okay, so... Uh, All right, so. So a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and we all know who Mary was. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. In those days when... An angel appears to you, it's a huge deal. These yeah. days, obviously, angels don't just appear these days. Not anymore. Uh, at least or not we're physically. just so in here that we don't see them. We don't see them. Yeah, that's a good possibility. But when a higher being, such as an angel, comes to you and says, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you, that's a huge deal. You know, that means God is specifically pointing you to you for something. He wants, you know, he wants you to be, uh, the bearer of good news, if you will. And so Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. And often the angels will always say, do not be afraid because people would just tremble in fear when they saw an angel. He said, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. Kingdom will never end. And of course, Mary questioned how this could possibly happen since she's a virgin. And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come unto you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, that is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Something crazy. You know, this is just, in, in, it seems impossible. Uh, but God is God, and he's, he brings forth life. And so that's exactly what he was doing here. He's bringing forth life through a virgin. Um, and, and so when she went to Joseph and told him, about her pregnancy and told him that she hadn't she didn't betray him she's always been faithful he didn't believe her and in those times uh, if he were to take her in marriage he would have looked down upon and so he had to 
cast her aside, if you will, and say, no, I'm not going to marry you. It's not right, so on and so forth. So that's what he did. He didn't believe her statement. He didn't believe that uh, she was faithful, and he left her. Well, that night, Gabriel came to Joseph and told him the same story and told him to take Mary as his wife. And so the next morning, he did as the angel told him to do, and he took her as his wife, and they began traveling around. And eventually, she gave birth. She gave birth in a town called, uh, is it Nazareth? Sorry. They always call him Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah. What the heck is it? It's, uh, it's weird because they, they've traveled so many different places, like, Oh. Bethlehem. Okay, yeah. Right. Um, okay. So as they're traveling around through Nazareth and Galilee to Judea, uh, eventually they ended up in a town called Bethlehem. And that's where she gave birth. And there were no vacancies at any of the uh, hotels. We'll just call them hotels. Uh, and there was no further to stay. So they ended up going to basically a small barn or a manger. This is This is a place where animals fed. You know, they would eat their hay or their grass. They would use the restroom, so on and so forth. It's a very disgusting place, honestly, to be. If you've ever been into a, uh, uh, like a stall, like a horse stall or something like that, where they just have a bunch of horses lined up, you know how messy it could be. Well, this is where they ended up being. And <clears throat> she gave birth to Jesus there. And from that moment, an angel started showing up to other people. One was the three wise men showed up to them, told them the story, they saw the star, they followed it. Uh, and basically, that was the beginning of a huge story that was about to play out from there on to now. It's still playing out right now as to what's going to happen next. But basically, Jesus is visited by a bunch of people. You know, some say it's like three kings, and it's just three kings who showed up with three gifts. Mm-hmm. Others, you know, if you really understand the history, kings would never travel alone. They travel with a multitude of people, right. you know, following a caravan. Guards being one of them. So. Guards being one of them. So you can imagine how many people showed up here and a king, knowing who this is, knowing that this is God, and, you know, God incarnate, God in flesh, they would have showed up with a bunch more treasure than just the three that we hear about in the scriptures. And so they all go there, they pray over him, they bless the child, and from that moment on, we know who Christ is, and he is the Son of God. And so as time goes on, obviously, we we don't know much about his childhood. We have a little tidbit here and there, uh, and from a very early age, he would always not disobey his parents, but there were times where he would go about and do what he felt God the Father telling him to do. You know, whether it be to go sit with the uh, Pharisees and whoever and talk about the scriptures and learn them and as a young boy he knew way more about the scripture than even some of the most wisest of people out there because he's god he wrote the scripture uh and so we know very little about his childhood though and eventually he grows up and we meet him the next time at the age of 30 and when he's 30 that's when he's baptized and when he's baptized, the Spirit comes upon him, and he begins his ministry, all the way until he's 33, before the crucifixion, uh, death, and resurrection. But 
that's the reason we really celebrate Christmas. It is to celebrate the birth of our Savior. Without Christ being born, we as people, when we die, no matter what we believe, no matter what we do, no matter how hard we work, we would end up in hell without Christ coming to earth, being born and dying for us. But because he did that, because he did come to earth, because he was born of a virgin, because he grew up to spread the gospel and teach people the teachings of God and died on the cross for us, he bared the whole weight of the world on his shoulders. And when his blood fell and he died, every single person was saved. Every single person. They were all, for, well, they weren't saved, but they were forgiven. Every single person was forgiven. And the thing to know is, it's one thing to be forgiven. No matter who you are, you're forgiven by God. However, the only way to truly be accepted is to have faith and belief in Jesus Christ. Then you become saved. So you could be forgiven, but it's never going to be enough, you know, to keep you out of hell. You have to be saved through the blood of Christ in which the forgiveness becomes permanent and true, and then you're, you're, you're saved from hellfire, if you will. But <clears throat> that was rough, I know. It was a little rough story. But it's so a story we're not getting so much in-depth in with <laughs> In-depth. You know, that happens a lot. <laughs> so, it yeah. happens a lot. Yeah, and, you know, at, at one time I would have said, you know, who cares? So what? Nobody's uh, acknowledging Christ in Christmas anymore. Now I, you know, I come to the conclusion that you know what's the point of celebrating it if Christ isn't a part of it, right. and that that's my personal belief. Because and you know there'll be a lot of people, and we'll probably just get into this now. Uh, there are a lot of Christians that. I guess I shouldn't say a lot. There are a portion of Christians that do not celebrate Christmas because there are pagan roots, so to speak, to it. They moved it to December 25th to uh, kind of uh, try and get the the pagan worshipers from that time to Christianity. They're like, come on, we're we're moving it to the the winter solstice so so you guys Mm -hmm. can participate too. And, you know, they've got the Yule Log, the, the Christmas tree. All of that is is from the, the pagan side of it, guys. I mean, let's be real. I highly doubt there was a Christmas tree when Jesus Christ was born, you know, just standing right next to the barn, and there's lights all around it, and, you know, there's flames coming off of, off of each one because it's a candle instead of a light. Uh, you know, so as far as I'm concerned, the the separation is kind of ridiculous. If you don't want to celebrate Christmas because there's pagan roots to it, don't celebrate Christmas. You you can celebrate the birth of Christ every day, and this could be one of those days. Christmas, December 25th, can be one of those days that you celebrate the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. But to demean and get angry with people that celebrate it, is, is, in my opinion, very, very ridiculous. Well, <clears throat> on top of that, the term pagan, you know, we often think of it as a segregated group of people, pagans. But in reality, when you think of the term pagan, it was often used to uh, overshadow a large or blanket a large group of people. Technically, Mostly most religions other than Christianity are pagan. Yeah. Before I became a Christian... 
I was technically pagan. Before Justin was a Christian, he's technically pagan. Most of the world that we know of is technically pagan, you know, when you truly think about it. I know there's an argument out there, uh, you know, who, who people will disagree with that particular statement. That's fine. You're, you're more than welcome to. You have that freedom. But the idea is if, if you don't celebrate Christmas because of Christ, what do you celebrate? On top of that, the cross is one of let's go to the cross. The cross is a huge symbol within the Christian faith. It's mentioned in the Bible. We're told to take up our cross, our crosses. Uh, time and time again, we hear about the cross. Today, the cross is a symbol of Jesus Christ, his death, his resurrection, you name it. However, the cross itself is a huge paradox. It was a pagan symbol originally. When people saw it, they stayed away from Rome. Rome designed the cross as a torture device to kill people in a very long and slow mannerism. Uh, and yet, after Christ died, it became this, this symbol of joy and hope and peace and resurrection and life. How is that possible? Something that was once dead now becomes a symbol of life. Yeah, it's insane. It's a paradox. It's completely senseless. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but it's the truth. And you know, for for those of you Christians out there who do celebrate or don't celebrate Christmas, but you wear a cross around your neck, or you believe that when you look at the cross, oh, that's for Jesus. It also had a pagan root, you know. So so, what are you really doing? What, what are you what are you thinking here? Uh, you can celebrate Christ at any time throughout the year. Christmas is just one day in particular that we segregate as a specific day to celebrate the birth of Christ. There is nothing pagan about it whatsoever. It's strictly about Jesus Christ. And when it comes down to it, it's about what's in your heart. If you truly believe on Christmas that you're worshiping uh, and celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, that's exactly what you're doing. There's no hidden meaning behind it. Unfortunately, a lot of people... uh, have a few loose screws in their head and they don't see it. And it froze. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Of all the things you talked about today, it, cut, it cuts me off then. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's God saying, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, continue. Uh, start from you were starting to say loose screws, and then you froze with a drunk look on your face. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Great. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's start with okay. people have loose screws. So, unfortunately, some people have loose screws. I know that sounds harsh, but it's true. And, you know, I really do hope that one day everybody, especially Christians, will be able to come together as a, as a church and celebrate and worship Christ's birth. And, you know, celebrate Christ's birth and worship Christ on that day. That is December 25th. But until then, you know, I guess, I guess you have to just have to deal with the times. Because unfortunately, that's what it, that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it, it's, it's sad that we separate uh, on a day that we should be 
all together and united. It, it's just one of those things that I, I per- personally don't understand. Yes, I get it. Like I said, there are pagan roots to Christmas. I get it. I understand 100%. But if you're saying, no, I am not going to celebrate that part of it. I'm not going to put up a Christmas tree. I'm not going to alight a Yule log. I'm not going to, you know, uh, put different ornaments up, whatever. Uh, I don't even care if you don't buy your kids a bunch of presents for Christmas. Um, You should still be not separating as far as looking down on people that do celebrate it in the Christian community. I, yeah. I I truly believe Christ would not want his people separated on when he was born and how to celebrate his, his birth. Right. Well, I, I completely agree with you. And while we're on the topic about all this, about celebrating, I'm going to move back a couple of months here. Okay. Let's talk about Halloween real quick. I know it's a Christmas episode, but this is just something I need to mention because there are a lot of Christians. I completely understand why, but there are a lot of Christians who do not celebrate Halloween. I don't blame you. That is okay that you don't celebrate Halloween. However, there are things that you can do on Halloween to not only worship our Lord, but present the gospel to people. Here's a story that I heard and one that an option, I guess, that we have. You know, when children go around trick-or-treating, and most of the time they're children, um, occasionally you get the weird people that are a little older than children. Like Eric and his siblings. Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But older than that. um, (laughs) To be fair, you guys were 18, 19, 20. We were 18, 19, yeah. But here's the thing. Like, you don't have to decorate your house in like dead corpses and spider webs and this and that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to dress up in Halloween costumes. You don't have to do that either. But you can sit outside and offer warm drinks to people who are trick-or-treating. Offer cider. Offer hot chocolate. While they're there, have a little card or something that invites people to your church. You know? Maybe you have a uh, little mini Bible. Some people actually buy a lot of Bibles that they're able to just pass out. Pass them out. You know, give those out on Halloween. You never know because some people who are going to their eat, whether they're children or or uh, their parents going through the candy bags, they might come across that Bible. They might come across an invitation to a church and they might say to themselves, you know what? I'm going to do it. And then from that day forward, their life could be changed forever. But you would never know and it would never happen if you don't do something about it. The Lord told us in the Gospels to go out and make disciples. That is a command that he gave us strictly to do when we become saved. Make disciples of all nations. And the only way you're going to do that is to get a little gritty here and there. Halloween is one of them. You go out there, you're around the people you don't want to be around, but you're inviting them to an everlasting relationship with Christ, to start a relationship, to learn a little bit more about him. Think about it. I mean, you, you can't go wrong there. So, all right, folks. Uh, I think we'll get off our soapbox here now. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, now's the time to come together. Uh, if for no other reason, we should all be celebrating something that is a joyous time. Uh, there are, and. 
a lot of people will, you know, disagree with me when I say it's a time of forgiveness. Uh, there have been many families who have mended on a Christmas day because people have convinced them, why not do this on a day that's supposed to be holy and, and great? Uh, mm-hmm. So I encourage everybody to just bring a, a loved one that could be a brother and sister in Christ, that could be a true bloodline family member um, and just celebrate the day with them. I Like I said, I don't care if you you don't do the big hullabaloo of, of things, uh, but I, I truly think that now is the time to come together and, and, and celebrate. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that's all we've got on Christmas, unless you have anything left to add there, sir? No. Nothing at all. So um, on that note, that is our Christmas episode, guys. Uh, as I said at the beginning, uh, I will announce it again. Paratruth Radio is almost on the launch. Or, I'm sorry, Paratruth Radio Network is almost on the launch. Uh, we have Tie Girl for God Radio and Talk Supernatural coming on with us. Super stoked about it. Uh, we've got the website pretty much set and ready to roll we've got the logo eric worked hard on getting that done so props to eric for getting that done for me because i had i was i was struggling guys i i, I didn't know what to come up with uh so uh um and you know like i said we're gonna have a facebook group we're gonna have a google plus group we, we will have a twitter account uh and i'm hoping that uh you guys will enjoy it as much as we are we are planning on to as well uh Mm -hmm. another quick note too like i said video on youtube i don't know what you guys think of it so please email us comment on the videos even comment on uh excuse me spreaker or our paratruth facebook page twitter whatever um Tell us what you guys think. Uh, to be honest, I, I've heard only a couple things here and there, and that's from close friends that are fans of the show anyways. So I want to be sure that there's no biased opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I want to make sure that you guys are all enjoying it. Uh, any announcements Absolutely. for you as far as the reveal is concerned? Um. Nothing in particular, no. Uh, you know, I, I'm just about close to locked picture, which means that basically whatever footage I'm using and the way that it's trimmed and cut and so on and so forth, by this Friday, that's going to be done. It's going to be locked. Whatever I have is what you're going to get picture wise. That's the move. Uh, and that's the movie. And then we're going to be, I'm going to be moving into the other post production stuff, such as audio, music, which I just, I just was with my, uh, uh, composer, my music composer this past Saturday. I was talking with him. We went through the entire film, talked about different ideas, where we, what we could do here, what we could do there. He's got some great ideas. I think it's going to be wonderful. It's really going to give that nice pop to the film. Uh, and then I get into special effects. Special effects and coloring. So we're getting really close to the end here. Maybe about three and a half months away. Four. Not. All right, we, got, we don't count December because I'll have a month off before working on it again. Right. So about four months total. But uh, but yeah, if you're interested in knowing more about it, you can check out 
the Creative Works tab at parachutesradio.com. There's a full synopsis, a poster, and there's also a trailer, which is embedded in, on that page as well. You can also check me out at, or check the movie out, I should say, at, uh, Facebook.com forward slash The Revealed Movie. Uh, either of those two ways, you're going to learn a lot about it. The one thing I do want to mention, we're going to jump back to the uh, Paratruth Radio Network thing. Mm-hmm. Next week is a big episode. Oh, that's if I'm right. not mistaken. Right. It's a huge episode. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of people on. We're going to have uh, Jerry from... How is I always do it. I always do it. From Thai Girl for God Radio, uh, we're going to have on Scott and Heidi Linden from Talk Supernatural. We're going to have on Justin Fowl, uh, or Justin Fall from uh, the, the Fourth Watch Radio Network, mm-hmm. and we're also going to have on Kay <clears throat> uh, Kay Carswell from Deception Detection Radio. Heidi Scott. And Jerry, in particular, those three, you're going to want to tune in because those three people are going to be the three uh, people joining us on the network. So those are going to be the two other shows, Talk Supernatural and uh, Tiger for God Radio, as Justin had mentioned. If you want to get an idea of what you're going to be hearing in the future, check out next week's episode. It's going to be our New Year's Eve episode or our New Year's episode. It's going to be a round table, round table discussion. I guarantee it's going to be the, one of the funniest episodes you listen to, most likely. Uh, there's going to be a lot of a lot of discussion, a lot of debate, a lot of jokes. You're not going to want to miss it, and you'll be able to learn a little bit more about the, sh- the uh, new network as well. So, yeah. and I uh, I wanted to let you guys know I did I did post uh, something to get you guys to kind of interact with the hosts, uh, and you know you can uh, even get to us. When this show is is aired, uh, get us some questions for to, to ask all these people. Even you know, even for us. Uh, mm-hmm. So I do encourage you guys to do that because truly, I mean, we can come up with a lot of different things, but I would love to have interaction from our listeners in particular to to ask other uh, hosts about what their their thoughts are on certain mm-hmm. things. So uh, I do encourage that a lot. Um, so on that note, uh, that's all we got uh, this week. Uh, next week, huge show, as Eric said. But until next week, you can find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Merry Christmas. And peace. What? <laughs> All right. If you enjoyed this episode of Parachute Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, parachuteradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day.
Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dino Tripodis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.